Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Started Up Podcast. Um, I'm not joined by Don today. We're still in some vacation time, but I am joined by our guest host today, Dr. Zach Shuttler. How are we doing today, Zach? I'm doing very good, Jamal. Um, I hope I can be an adequate replacement for Don today. I think I think we're going to have ourselves a good time today. So, so today we are talking about the transformational leader's mindset. Uh, and just to give everyone some preference, uh, Dr. Shuttler has been doing um, some work around transformational leadership. Um, he did his doctoral uh, he got his doctorate uh, under underneath that. Am I saying that right? You did research for your doctoral degree uh, on transformational leadership. Yeah, I got my doctorate in uh, educational leadership, and my dissertation study was on the impact transformational leadership has in schools. Very good. So we're gonna we're gonna uh, d- dive into that today. We're gonna do a, a five episode series. We're gonna go through transformational leadership and some different things. We're going to talk about, you know, uh, just different things around that. But to get us started today, uh, Zach, can you share just a little bit about the research that you've done and its impact thus far? Yeah. So um, I was always very interested in leadership. It's uh, something that I think became a, a really passion of mine when I played sports in high school and um, was a fan of professional sports teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers and understanding how leadership and coaching matters. So when I decided to go to the University of Finley um, a few years back to work on my doctoral degree, I wanted to incorporate aspects of leadership and aspects of coaching into my study. Mm-hmm. So through my research, I came across uh, transformational leadership theory, um, which was studied immensely by um, Bass and the characteristics, the components of it Um, are things like intellectual stimulation, inspirational motivation, individual consideration, and idealized influence. And I wanted to see if we could take those components into a school setting and really focus our attention on developing teachers as leaders in their Mm -hmm. classroom, and if that would lead to them being more professionally engaged. So that was the really um, short version of my study. And what we did is we um, had you as our coach, Jamal, and you met with the teachers once a week with a cohort of teachers, and you taught them ideas about transformational leadership, and they incorporated that into their classroom. And then we measured their engagement levels compared to the staff that wasn't receiving that coaching. Got you. So, so today we're going we're gonna to jump straight into the transformational leader's mindset. Um, we're going to start with uh, the importance of the vision and value. So talk to us like, like about the importance of a transformational leader's mindset as it relates to their vision and values. I think they need to be clearly communicated. And again, a lot of my background, um, growing up loving athletics, um, I relate and I tell stories about my experiences with that. But really that component could come from if you are into music or if you're into theater it doesn't really matter where your background comes from i'm just giving you some preference or or reference to where mine comes from so um a visions leader a vision and value mindset is something that has to be very visible so i remember a few years back i took a tour of um heinz field which is now acrisure stadium 
And when they give you a tour of the stadium in um, huge lettering, um, it says the standard is the standard, which of course is the saying of their head coach, Mike Tomlin. So when you hear him speak, he often uses that phrase, the standard is the standard. When he talks about who's on the team or who's coaching with him, that the standard never changes. So he is a excellent example of someone, a leader who articulates their values and makes them visible, not just in his words, but also in the way that the building itself is, is furnished, that the players, the coaches, the personnel, the trainers, they all see that the standard is the standard, not just by Mike Tomlin's actions and his staff's actions, but because it's also physically present in the building. Right. So whether you're leading a football team or um, a Fortune 500 company or a school district, the values need to be acted upon by the leader, but they also need to be visible. They need to be transparent in every single thing that you do. Right. So so just just kind of along the same along the same topic, can you talk about the impact of that just a little bit? Just dive deep into how that impacts um, our decision making or just the our school or our organization as a whole. So if you think back to when you were a child Mm -hmm. and you ran into a, a fork in the road or a decision that you needed to make. Um, most of us have some type of voice in our head. Um, mm-hmm. Wouldn't you agree, Jamal? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that <laughs> voice could come from a great leader or that voice could come from a poor leader. Most of the time, those leaders are our moms or our dads or our grandparents. And those are the voices that we hear um, when we need to make a decision. So I think you see these things become visible when you start hearing the team members using the same language that you use because now when they're faced with a decision much like when you're seven or eight years old and you hear your mom's voice when you're getting ready to make a decision or your dad's Mm -hmm. now the people that you're working with every day when they go to make a decision and they articulate why they're making that decision and you hear the vision and the values and the principles that you share being used right then you really know that you're making an impact because they're thinking about what matters to the organization, what the values are, what the why is. So that's always so encouraging. When I taught, when you heard the students using similar language, Mm -hmm. and it's really encouraging as a leader now in my position as superintendent, when you hear um, your team leaders using the same language that you use, that really shows that the program and the system starting to take root. Right. So as as you were talking, I was I was thinking about um, just people in my life that have been transformational from my football coaches to really a lot of my football coaches, but other people um, that I consider mentors. And and I was thinking about how um, I remember my in, in my high school, my high school year, my senior year in high school, I had scored a couple of touchdowns. And when I came off the field, um, one of the things that my um, my coach said, he would always say this to me to motivate me and inspire me. And this just worked for me. I don't know why it did. But no matter what I did, he would always say, you sucked. He would come back and be like, man, you, you didn't do a good job there. You still suck. And I remember scoring that touchdown and him saying that. But I remember 
later in in the season um he um we had won a a big game and it was for our division and you know i made the the game ending play and he came over and gave me a hug and he told me that he loved me and told me that he was proud of me um so I, I i think back to i think back to his voice whenever i'm doing something or i'm going through something i knew that he loved me but i knew that he wanted the best for me so it's crazy that you say that because what plays in my mind when i need to motivate or inspire myself when i put myself back in that state is i hear those words in my mind now not that i want to operate from that but i still hear those words in my mind um and that's something that kind of gets me going that jump starts me as an individual, um, which kind of transitions us into th- just the next part of this podcast. H- how, do, how does a transformational leader inspire and motivate others? A transformational leader inspires and motivates others by using the components of um, the full range model that Bass developed. And that's why it's so important to know and understand leadership theory, because oftentimes we do these things accidentally. Mm-hmm. But if you're armed with the knowledge and the psychological firepower of understanding how leadership works, then you can do these things with intention. And I think that's what separates bad leaders from average leaders to great leaders is mm-hmm. that the bad leaders, they have really no clue. Mm. And if they do have a clue, their, their intentions are, are for their own personal gain. Mm. You know, the average leaders, they have the right intentions. They want to do well for their folks, but they don't, they don't have the depth of knowledge to be intentional. Okay. The great leaders, they combine wanting to do the right thing and wanting to lift up the people that they, they work with, but they do it with intention and design and they have a background of, of leadership theory. So if we look at the full range model, um, a great transformational leader, they inspire by, um, they, they walk the talk. They're out there um, setting the example. They're out there trying to live by what they say. Um, mm-hmm. They show their vulnerability. They let people know that they make mistakes. They create an environment where it's okay to make mistakes. They look at each, each person on their team as an individual. What might motivate or inspire one might demotivate another. So mm-hmm. you look at each person as a human being and not a number on a spreadsheet. They'll put mm-hmm. things in place that are designed to inspire. Um, there's mm-hmm. a great book by Dan Heath called The Power of Moments, where you change the setting or you change the process or you mm-hmm. put together a big celebration um, and it leads to inspiration um, because you're you're changing the routine. And uh Mm-hmm. A great leader will also inspire by challenging. Um, mm-hmm. You know, your football coach at started off as a little bit of a negative example, but um, he was challenging you um, physically and intellectually in a, in a certain mm-hmm. way. And that motivation might shut one person down, but it might drive another. So right. while that might not be something that you or I would use, right? if you know the individual, you might know that is what they need individually is to be told that they need to be better to where somebody else might need to be told that they're great already to get the best out of them. Correct. So those are some of the things that um, someone who has a grasp of leadership theory will do to try Mm. to bring out the best in people. And then the key part of that is they're trying to bring out the best in people for the betterment of the people, not Mm -hmm. for the betterment of their themselves. 
Right. And just even going back to that, just to pick it back on what you said, he never said that to anybody else but me. And he never said it loud. He always like he he really looked at every person on that team as individuals and the way that he would talk to other people. He never talked to us the same. And I think it goes back to one of the key points that you made up front is that individual consideration, like knowing what everyone needs to be motivated and inspired. But he also he also told me that he loved me and that he cared for me. He showed me that every day. So I think those are things um, as well. So like it, it wasn't an imbalance. So I think to, to the point that you're saying, the, the motivation and the inspiration, setting up those different things and those key elements that will inspire people, but also knowing what really motivates the people that you're working with on the individual level. Let me ask you this. Go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, it's, it's hard work and it's, it's the emotional bank account. I mean, you can only take out so many withdrawals. You have to put in enough deposits. So if, if your coach tells you he loves you a lot, then he does have the withdrawal um, in balance and power to say something negative. And it's, it's, again, it's not too dissimilar than being a good parent. You know, I can be tough on my children because they know how much they love me. Mm. So the relationship works. If I'm not there for my kids, I'm not at their games and I don't tell them that I love them and we don't watch movies together and we don't go on vacations together and we don't enjoy those day-to-day moments. I don't have the right to be tough on them because they don't know that I truly Mm. love them. Mm. So if you want to be tough on people, you better have invested enough in the bank account so they know that, that you really care. This is true. Let me ask you this. Do you, do you think that, do you, do you think that people need, or I'm saying, I'm saying, say it like this. Is there anything more important than building relationships and inspiring and motivating the people that you lead? Is there anything more important? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything more important, but I also think you have to be very careful not to look at this as something simplistic. I mean, it's a, it's a strong ecosystem. Um, even, even with Bass's theory, it's, it's a continuum. So Mm -hmm. there's transactional leadership to where, you know, people aren't necessarily going to show up for work if there's not compensation. Right. Um, there is um, something called management by exception, which basically is a fancy way of saying that there's there's punishments, there's accountability, there's consequences. And if you don't have those two initial things, it's hard to get to the transformational piece. Right. So, yes, there, there's consequences for you know poor behavior. Yes, there's rewards for for good behavior. But the average leader manipulates things based on on tangible rewards and consequences the great leaders move on past that and that's where the relationships come and that's super super important essential to become a fantastic organization but there's a lot of really bad organizations out there Mm -hmm. that function and do all right because they pay their people a lot of money Mm -hmm. and they move on from people that don't want to be part of the team Mm -hmm. so it's all a continuum. I don't think it's as simplistic to say as one thing is, right. if, Hey, if you just focus on only building relationships, that everything will be fantastic. Right. No, that might be a cornerstone, a foundational piece, but it's not, it's not the entirety. Right. 
So you definitely need, you need the full range. You need to be able to do all of the other things in addition to that. So it's yeah, not- because let's, I mean, let's just be real. I mean, if, if I came in to, to work tomorrow and I told all my staff, no matter how much they loved working here, that, hey, this is just going to be a volunteer organization. We're going to come and teach um, students for free. Mm-hmm. Um, how many, how many people do you think I would have after a few months? <laughs> not many, maybe one or two. Yeah. I mean, people need to pay their bills. They need to feed their kids. They're, you know, they, they have expenses. They, they have medical needs, so they need, need insurance. And that is transactional and that is a piece of the continuum. But if you want people to stay, you need the relationship piece. If you want people to grow, you need the relationship piece. You want your organization to be the best place to learn for kids. You need the relationship piece. Right. But if you take, I mean, it's, I mean, if I, if I demolish the foundation of my house, what kind of house do I have? This is true. So all pieces of the house are important. Um, some just support more weight than others. Right. So now let's transition. Let's transition to the role of emotional intelligence in transformation leadership. And we've touched on it, touched on it a little bit, but can you dive a little bit deeper in its importance? Emotional intelligence, the leader knows the temperature in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, they understand that the decisions they make impact other people um, on an emotional level. And I think the opposite side of that coin is a uh, strong transformational leader. They have a strong understanding of how they're viewed and what mm-hmm. people think of them. Now, they don't let that maybe dominate their actions, mm-hmm. but they do understand how their actions and their words are interpreted by others. They don't operate in a silo. Mm-hmm. So someone with strong emotional intelligence they they can read other people's um, emotions they are very in tune to other people's body language they speak to enough people that they understand how their words and actions are interpreted and they can adjust to get the mission accomplished Um, we've had conversations like that about how you are very observant to people's body language and the tone in their voice and that can allow you to adjust to make sure that things go the way they need to go for the betterment of the team Right. And I think it's I think just to your point um, and reading the room for for a long time, there was I said for a long time in my career, I didn't understand. I didn't know that there was emotional intelligence early on in my career. And then one of my guidance counselors brought this to my attention. And I, and yeah. I yeah, the book by I read the book by Daniel Goleman, I don't know, probably about a decade ago. So that's really where it came into the forefront. Right. For me, is that. Yeah, there's IQ and you know, there's people that are very intelligent, but if you don't have the emotional intelligence to go with it, and I know some people will use different terms like soft skills or interpersonal skills or whatever you want to call them. Um, I think they're, they're just an essential skill. You can be supremely intelligent and lack emotional intelligence and struggle throughout your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you can maybe not have an ideal IQ, but be very strong with your emotional intelligence and go on to be very successful. So much like leadership theory and the continuum, it's not, it's not a simple thing like, Hey, you have a high IQ, you're going to do great. Mm -hmm. Or hey, you have great emotional intelligence. You're going to do great. No, it's a, it's a complex balance of all of those and having somebody in your life who's a strong mentor and leader for you that helps you hone those skills. I think it's important for us like right here to, 
to recognize that we work with people every day. And um, you will see a person come in sometimes and they, they will be full of light. And then sometimes you'll see a person come in and they're not so full of light. Um, and we still have to lead those people. We still have a job to do. Um, there, there are all these circumstances that impact our emotions. I, I tell people all the time that before I'm the principal, I'm a person. I have feelings, they get hurt. Um, you have feelings, they get hurt. You have feelings, you get inspired. We go through all of the range of emotions. And I think it's important for us to realize that how people feel really does impact their work and productivity um, and their abilities to be effective. What are your thoughts on that? Well, 100%. I mean, we saw we saw a real world example of that this past Monday night. Um, mm-hmm. With the oh, unfortunate, yeah. yes, with the with the Buffalo Bills Cincinnati Bengals game, and I think the coaches, um, wow, yeah. especially, you know, Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor, they they did a fantastic job with their level of emotional intelligence mm-hmm. to read the emotions on that field and see what their players were going through, and then stepping up and being a leader and saying, you know what, we can't continue with this game because we understand emotionally what's going on. I mean, that's, that's a real talent, yeah. um, especially at that level. And yeah, it, I think from the outside looking in, it's all, oh, that was an easy decision given the, the horrific, you know, mm-hmm. medical event that took place. But I don't know if it's as easy of a decision when right. you're out there on that field and the cameras are on. So I think that was a very good example of emotional intelligence. Right. And, and I think the, the most impactful thing from that is when the coaches went over um, the head coach from the Bengals shared this. Um, he said that the only thing that uh, Sean McDermott thought about in that moment was he says, I need to go and be at the hospital with DeMar. And, and that was significant. You talk about all of the things that we talked about today, you talk about vision and values and um, just inspiring and motivating, but also emotional intelligence. But going back to the core when there's no doubt in my mind that when Sean McDermott goes back and he tells a player that he cares about them, that everyone is going to believe it and and follow his leadership. But it was significant that you're right. They read the room and his thoughts were, I need to go and be with um, DeMar in this time. And, and you, they couldn't get the work done in the emotional state that they were in. Um, with the tears and even if you look at those responses and those reactions and I thought those things um, were extremely significant to your point Um, yeah absolutely I think anybody that's played a sport or has a child that plays a sport um, heart aches for uh, DeMar Hamlin and sends their prayers to he and his family because when something like that happens you know that's when that's when leadership is is put to the test it's easy to sit here on this podcast and talk about Mm -hmm. all the things that you need to do to be a great leader you know that's that's easy. But when when something goes down like that and somebody's life hangs in the balance, that's when all these values and all this practice that we do as leaders and coaches, that's when it gets to be put on display and see if it really matters. Right. Well, I, I tell you what, I think um, I think with with all of these things, the the as it relates to the mindset of a transformational leadership or transformational leader, excuse me, 
it's important that we remember that we work with people every day and it requires a ton of energy to get this done. Just like you said, this is no easy task, but I think that if you're listening to this podcast and you're, you're doing the work that you're more than capable of doing the work. Uh, Dr. Shuttler, close us out with some closing remarks. I think when it comes to leadership's mindset, it's just um, being cognizant of what it entails and that you can't just wander through the woods and think leadership's going to go well. You have to be a student of leadership. You have to understand um, what's applicable where, and um, it never ends. You never get to become an expert on leadership. You're always a student of it. Well, you heard it there. This is Jamal Crook for Dr. Shuttler reminding you that opportunities are everywhere. Peace.